Date of recording, the 4th of October, 2021. Welcome to today's episode of Let's Talk Media with Vedanta Kauri. For today's episode, we're talking about growing up without SpongeBob. And my guest for today is Mr. Anthony Barnett. Hey, Anthony, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much for having me. Of course, I just want to quickly introduce yourself. Yeah, sounds good. Um, I'm a student at the University of Texas at Austin, currently doing a semester in LA, doing some internships, film major, trying to make movies or TV. And you're also my roommate. Yes, and I'm your roommate. I feel like almost every podcast host has had their roommate on one episode. <laughs> it's a, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a tradition. <laughs> and so you are my first podcast guest since the pandemic started. Wow. Yeah. Dude, I'm honored. That's so wild. Correction. He's my first guest to be in person since the pandemic. It just feels good, you know, like not having to meet people over Zoom. Yeah, like definitely. I, I remember we were like super excited in March 2020, like, oh, we don't have to go to class. We can do Zoom. And now we're just like, can we go back? Yeah, no. Yeah. Yeah. I remember it was like for me, it was like spring break. They were like, oh, we'll break for spring break. And then we'll kind of see what the vibe is after that. And then about halfway through spring break, they were like, oh, it's going to be two weeks, actually. And I was like, hey, two weeks spring break. And then cut to like a week later. It was like, actually, you come get your and get out of <laughs> like get out of town. Also, am I allowed to swear? So I'll bleep you out. Man. OK, sounds good. I won't do it again. I won't do it again. But yeah, they were like, come grab your stuff and get get out of Austin. And so then I just had to like drive back and clear out my my uh, dorm. That sucks. Yeah. Same thing happened here where they were like, no, it was, it was the opposite. Where it's like, you cannot go back to your dorm. Stay where you are. Yeah. Yeah. Forgot my PS4 in my dorm. <laughs> no, dude, that's the worst. Yeah. And yeah, man. It sucked. And For so. Sure. Today's topic is about growing up without SpongeBob. This is something that both of us kind of experienced growing up. Yeah. And so what led you to not growing up with the show SpongeBob? You know, it's funny. It, uh, it was a very simple, very goofy reason in hindsight. It was quite simply my mom was like, mm, that's inappropriate for you. And she didn't let me watch it. <laughs> so I just straight up wasn't allowed. Did you grow up watching any other Nicktoons at the time? Yeah, I, I'm trying to think. I like for sure. Easy one, all time favorite is Avatar: The Last Airbender. Yes. Um, yeah, obviously. I mean, you could talk for like five days about why that show is great, but I'm trying to think if there were any others. I know I watched a couple of the live action ones. Drake and Josh was a favorite. Um, wasn't a big iCarly dude just because I I didn't watch a lot of Nickelodeon. But yeah, can you give me some other uh, Nicktoons names and I'll see if I... Oh, Danny Phantom. Danny Phantom was awesome. For sure, for sure. Um, yeah, what are some other ones? There's like Ren and Stimpy, Fairly Odd Parents, As Told mm -hmm. by Ginger, Jimmy Neutron. Yeah, a little bit of Jimmy Neutron. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I loved Jimmy Neutron. And you mentioned Avatar. Yeah. And that's considered like the last of like the classic Nicktoons. Yeah, yeah. And like... Yeah, I, like from what I've heard from people who know a little bit more about Nickelodeon, it's like almost like it was made in spite of Nickelodeon because like they, you know, like you look at Spongebob and like where it's gone now, how it's been running for like 90 seasons or something, <laughs> uh, despite like the creator's wishes kind of. And it's like, yeah, it, Avatar is like a weird example of like, we're going to do this one little thing. We're going to do it the way we want. And somehow Nickelodeon like 
despite every other show they've made, they let it be exactly what it needed to be. I do appreciate that. Like they had three seasons yeah. and that was it. Yeah, totally. And like now they're doing this thing I've heard where they're gonna like expand on it and make like the Avatar universe and yes. stuff. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm a little like, oh man, like it was so perfect. Like let it live as this complete story, but you know, whatever. And so yeah, I kind of grew up with a lot of Nicktoons too. Yeah. Like, I think the only one I didn't watch was Rugrats because mm. my parents thought Angelica was a bad role model. Uh -huh. So they were like, yeah, you cannot watch Rugrats. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think my mom said like, oh, that show's garbage. <laughs> so it was something like that. And then that was the only explanation she ever gave. So I feel you, I didn't watch it either. And now Rugrats came back recently. Yeah, it's like 3D, right? It's 3D. Yeah, weird. Wild, wild times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And so what was it like for you when your other peers were allowed to watch this cultural phenomenon that is SpongeBob growing up? Yeah, it was it was weird, you know, because like similar to how a lot of meme culture today, you know, comes from SpongeBob. Like, obviously, there are a billion SpongeBob memes, even like in middle school into high school, there was a lot of like. You know, you'd be in class and someone would be like, oh, who's turning, like, who's switching on and off the lights? And you're like, huh, what? And they're like, Nosferatu. Oh, and you're yes. like, you're like, it's cool, dude. Like, what? And they're like, oh, it's SpongeBob. There was a lot of that, which was, I don't know, it was a weird thing where it was like, on the one hand, it was like, oh, it's a bummer that, like, I can't share in this joke. But I don't know, like, even with a lot of memes these days, like, I haven't seen the like the original video like with like TikTok and stuff the audio will come from one specific video and then it'll be used by a bunch of different people to like different ends uh so it's almost similar where I was like I almost enjoyed learning about Spongebob through the jokes that people shared instead of the other way around so it was yeah no it was funny and then I, I think I told you this that I like I started trying to learn it like a second language almost where like I would ask people when they made a SpongeBob reference, I would be like, SpongeBob, right? And they'd be like, yeah. And I'd be like, okay, cool. And then I would log that. And then in the future, I could come out with like, uh, like the inner machinations of my mind are an enigma. <laughs> and people would chuckle and I'd be like, yeah. Like knowing full well, I was totally lying. I had never seen the show, but I faked my way into acting like I had seen it. It was like cultural currency in a way. Totally, totally, yeah, yeah. And so when did you start watching SpongeBob? It was, I'm trying to think specifically, I think it was fall of 2020. It might have been this spring for like, it was literally for like a couple weeks. Yeah, I started it at the very beginning because I was like, that's what you got to do. And I, I watched, I don't even know how many episodes, probably like eight of the, because they're packaged as like the two episodes per yeah. thing. So it was probably 16 total. Um, yeah. That's as far as I got. <laughs> so you mostly watched like pre-movie stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Which I've heard is like the way to do it. Cause mm -hmm. I know that, is it is it like Hillenburg and most of the creative staff stepped off after? Yeah, after the, the first movie? movie, they stepped off and yeah. new people came and they came back after the second movie in 2015. Oh, they did? And the quality improved dramatically. Oh, I didn't know that, that's cool. Did he work on it or did he stay off? Uh, Hillenburg, he was the, creator and showrunner yeah. from seasons one through three yeah 
And then he stepped down from seasons four through, I think, nine. Right. And then season nine onwards until his death, he came back as a showrunner. Oh, wow. I straight up did not know that. That's cool. That's super cool. Yeah, because the way I've heard people talk about it is seasons one through three, right, was before the movie? Yeah. So seasons one through three are gold. And then the movie is like a great capper and it's like perfect. And I have seen the movie and I love the movie. I saw that in high school. The show just being an adult and it's and you know to be fair it was season one it was the early episodes it wasn't 100% my bag I think um I should give it another chance I you know because it is such like a cultural touchstone but so the seasons one through three I know everyone loves the movie everyone loves most of the quotes I know are from seasons one through three Mm -hmm. and it was wild even to be watching it like the whatever like 16 episodes that I did watch and be like, oh my God, there are so many, like so many of the quotes I've heard are in like those first few episodes. Like it was wild. Like it really, they clearly crammed like a lot of meme potential, you know, like into the, the, those early seasons. But then, yeah, I know a lot of people are like, oh, and then it's downhill after, after the movie. So that's great that they, I did not know that they came back around season nine and, uh, and like started like that it got better. That's great. And so what was it like to get into SpongeBob as an adult? Did you have that disconnect with the internet culture and the quotes that people made? Yeah, it was it was interesting. Like I said, like the same with like the jokes in middle and high school, seeing all the memes, it was like, you know, SpongeBob, it didn't feel like a foreign thing. You know, it, it felt like one of those things that we all like Star Wars, how like yeah. Star Wars is a household name or like like the Mona Lisa, like everyone knows what the Mona Lisa is. Like, it's so weird to compare Spongebob and the Mona Lisa, but it's true, it's true. Spongebob is one of those where like, it was ingrained in my brain forever, but you know, a lot of the quotes and stuff I didn't get. But then like seeing the memes, because a lot of times it'll just be an image and then like the caption or whatever will be some weird twist. Usually I was like, oh, I get it. You know what I mean? Cause it wasn't like, I don't know. I'm trying to think like, it wasn't like, oh, you needed to watch the episode, the hash slinging slasher to understand, you know, well, like the caveman, which I'm sure to yeah. a SpongeBob head is like, is like, oh my God, like that is not the episode of the caveman. That, I know, like I, I know, but, uh, but you know, something like that. I, it, a lot of the memes aren't like specific where you need to have watched the show. Um, so it was this weird thing where I was like, oh yeah, it's SpongeBob, but it still does kind of feel like a, a little bit of a foreign entity. Um, yeah, it's, it's weird. And then you asked, like, getting into it as an adult. That was a very interesting experience because uh, what I'm living with now is all the hype. You know what I mean? Like, because it is such a cultural milestone. And actually, speaking of Star Wars, I've had, I like, the people that I know who didn't watch Star Wars growing up but then did it as, like, young adults or adults actually had a similar experience as I did with SpongeBob, now that I'm thinking about it, which is when I watched SpongeBob, because it had been hyped up in a household name for so long, I watched it and I was like, oh, you know, it's a show. And I think the other thing is like, I have the benefit of having watched all the stuff after it, like Adventure Time and Amazing World of Gumball and Gravity Falls and, you know, a million other animated shows that got a lot of their humor and like structure from SpongeBob. I'm sure. Yeah. And so since SpongeBob is like the first one to do it, you know, like I'm sure if you watch the first ever Western, it's not the greatest thing you're ever going to see. But if you watch, you know, The Good, The Bad and The Ugly, you're like, this is awesome. 
So, you know, like it was kind of that. There was a weird disconnect of like, oh, I know these quotes. I've heard these jokes. I know people love this. But I was like, it is weird that it's like, I feel like I've seen it done in like, in my opinion, better other places. But to be fair, I also grew up with those other places versus I was watching this one as an adult. So it was weird, you know. But again, I'm sure it gets better like around, like I said, I didn't get very far. I should give it another chance. The other weird thing too was like, the texture of the show is so weird because like I knew kind of that it had like the rockabilly soundtrack like you know you're hearing all those memes like but like actually getting into it like I don't know Bikini Bottom feels like so empty all the time empty yeah like like I've, I've talked to one of my former roommates about this he's the only other person that has told me that he gets this feeling from a lot of media that, like the same way I do um, where like if it's like a big wide open space like I don't know it's hard to explain it's like very specific ones it's not like you know in a Ghibli movie I'm not seeing like a beautiful field and being like oh I feel weird it, you know it's like very specific instances um, No Country for Old Men has it like a little bit but like I'll get like uncomfortable at like just the vastness of like whatever I'm seeing like it feels like it makes me a little agoraphobic almost and Spongebob kind of did that for me weirdly like Bikini Bottom being so like I don't know just like there's you know they're standing outside the pineapple or whatever and then it's just like flat just like forever going out and then like with the weird rockabilly i don't know there were some times where i was like oh the texture's like making me a little uncomfortable not in like a bad way you know but i was just like oh it's so it's such a specific vibe it's wild yeah i had a similar experience with the first three seasons where yeah i don't exactly remember how but in india i didn't really watch spongebob on cable right I only had the first three or maybe even the fourth season on DVD. Oh, that's cool. That's super cool. I caught a couple of episodes in premiere. Like there's this one episode where they go to Atlantis and mm-hmm. meet this ruler who's voiced by David Bowie. Whoa, I didn't know that. That's so cool. Yeah, David Bowie's in an episode, but he does not sing. Yeah, yeah. Dude, that's wild. That That's one of those weird things where it's like, on the one hand, you're like, that's so weird that David Bowie's in SpongeBob. But then on the other hand, you're like, I totally get it. Like, Bowie would totally be like, oh, yeah, I'll do Spongebob. Like, <laughs> I don't really care. It's, it seems cool. You know what I mean? That like, reminds me. Uh, first, yeah. The first movie when David Hasselhoff yeah. is saving Spongebob and Patrick. Yeah. I did not get that reference until I was much, much older and heard about right. Baywatch. Yeah, yeah. You told me that. You didn't. And I think when you told me that, I was like, oh, yeah, it is about Baywatch. Because I do know Baywatch. But I was like, oh, that's funny. It's David Hasselhoff. Like just, I just thought it was like low random humor, you know what I mean? Yeah. But I was like, this is funny. And then when you were like, I didn't get there was a Baywatch reference. I was like, oh yeah, duh. He's like very famous for a show about being <laughs> on the beach. So I also, I just didn't make the connection because I'm stupid. <laughs> and I remember this was first day of third grade back in 2008. Mm-hmm. I saw the premiere episode in which SpongeBob and his friends are being helped like they're stranded on an island and the only way back is to ride this wave that comes every hundred years okay. and the surfer dude is voiced by johnny depp wow dude that's wild what season would that, that have been 2008? I, don't, I don't remember five or six it's called spongebob yeah. uh, spongebob versus the big one i think wow yeah dude that's bonkers i love like again i don't have a ton of experience with spongebob but in a lot of other shows i love like the not celebrity voice it because you know there's a whole thing about like celebrity voice actors maybe like kind of messing with the infrastructure of like non-celebrity voice actors like getting work but 
I think it's cool when they will come on as a guest, like a Johnny Depp or David Bowie, where you're just like, that is so out of left field, but like it works really well. Like one I love is in Adventure Time, Ron Perlman plays the Lich. You've seen Adventure Time, right? I have not. Oh, okay. He plays like probably like the scariest villain in the show. And he just has this perfect like, I'm gonna like destroy the world like voice where it's just, I don't you it's yeah I love when like a good guest will come on like Mark Hamill obviously being in anything you're like oh this is like so perfect and like it's so like ooh it's so chilling and all that stuff yeah it's cool yeah they had very cool cameos like there's this episode where Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy are like very young mm-hmm. and I think the young Mermaid Man is voiced by Adam West dude oh that's so cool that's like pitch perfect too yeah that's great and. Very recently, there was an episode where Pearl gets a job at a mall, mm-hmm. and I think the, her boss is voiced by Betty White. Wow. Dude, that's bonkers. Betty White, oh God, it's going to be so sad when she passes. She's oh a legend. She, know, she can never die. She, she has never. to live forever. Her and Harrison Ford. Yes. They'll crush me. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure you've heard about this. Like, as kids, we were SpongeBob, but as grownups, we're Squidward. Oh, yeah. You, that's like the new the new meme, right? Do you feel that way? Because you're watching it as an adult. <laughs> do you still have that SpongeBob perspective? You know, it's, it's weird. Are you asking, like, when I was watching the episodes, I was like, guys, stop annoying Squidward. Like, yeah. It's, it's funny. Not really, honestly. I think maybe because, like... Like I get, I definitely get the like, now we're Squidward. Cause you know, you or you deal with real problems and you want some space as an adult. But I think I still have enough of that like annoyingness of SpongeBob, you know what I mean? Where yeah. like, I definitely pester people. So I think I was still like, man, quit being such a wet blanket Squidward. Like go hang out with these people. But, but I get it. I totally get it. Yeah. As a kid, I remember I was on SpongeBob's side. I was yeah. like, why is Squidward such a grouch? Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, dude, I totally get you. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's true. Like, imagine if your neighbors were, like, blowing up your house and, like, making a bunch of noise like, out the, in the front yard every day. Yeah. Just like, just, like, constantly outside. I'd be like, oh, my God. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to freak out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, again, like, because I didn't grow up watching it on cable, yeah. I mostly grew up with the three seasons on DVD and then the video games. Like I had the movie game yeah. and Battle for Bikini Bottom on PC. Yeah. What was it, may I ask, what was that aspect of it like having the games? The games, it felt like I was stuck in time in a way mm. because I thought the show ended because I didn't see oh, new episodes wow. for four years from yeah. 2008 to 2012 Yeah, until I moved here to the U.S. I was like, wait, there's so many episodes yeah. that I did not know about. Yeah. What was that like? Were you like overjoyed or were you like, oh, they kept going or like, what, what did that feel like? Overjoyed. I bought season seven from Walmart and I binge watched the entire thing. I was like, how could I have missed this? Yeah. Dude, that's awesome. That's so cool. Did you just like watch them all in like a day? On my computer, like every time I was on my computer, every time I was in a car ride, I would just watch season seven. Dude, that's the best. That reminds me, that's what I did with uh, Avatar. Mm-hmm. I remember distinctly the first time, and I emphasize the first time, because I've watched it a lot of times. The first time I finished it, I had the DVDs of the third season. And do you remember those things where you, 
it was like a little screen that you could put a DVD in and you'd strap it around the the headrests in a car seat. Like yes, in a car. yes. Yeah, I literally, we literally had one of those and I was putting the DVD and you know, each DVD held only like three episodes. Yeah. So I was like swapping out DVDs on this road trip and I remember it's like sunset and we're about to go in a restaurant and I'm watching the final fight with like Aang and Ozai. Like, you know, it's, it's incredible. Like it's the coolest thing I've ever seen. And they're like, hey, we need to like go eat. We're at like a TJ or a TJ Maxx. We're at like an Applebee's or whatever. Or a TGI Fridays. That's what I was trying to say. You know, we're at one of just one of those restaurants or a Cracker Barrel, something like that. And they're like, we like, let's go eat, dude. And I was like, no, like I'm on the last episode. And I think I watched like w at least one, maybe two while they were eating before I went in. Like I finished the show and then I went in and ate. Yeah, that's that's like one of the coolest memories. So I totally feel that. Just watching like uh, any any time you're by a slot that a DVD will fit in, you're like SpongeBob. Are you going to put on SpongeBob? Yeah, I totally get it. Yeah. So when I came to the US, I started watching all these new quote unquote new episodes. Yeah. But then I became a teenager, and I was like, you know, I'm a little too old for cartoons. But mm. then when I graduated high school around senior year, I was like. The law's on my side. I'm a grown-up now. <laughs> yeah. You feel that? No, totally. Yeah. I. Uh, it, it's weird because, like, I felt that weirdly with, like, stuffed animals and stuff, like, growing up, where, like, once I was 10, I was like, I can't have stuffed animals anymore. And then I look back and I'm like, dude, you're 10. Like, what? Yeah. Okay. Uh, and obviously, like, a ton of people have stuffed animals as, like, 40-year-olds. Like, I don't know. It's just not a thing. But, um, but yeah, with cartoons, like, I'm trying to think of... A lot of them I fell out of like kind of on accident. I think I've told you this with Adventure Time, I had this weird experience where I watched it, like I remember the first time I watched an episode of it. I remember the first two episodes I saw. I remember being like, oh my God, I've never seen anything like this. Like this is amazing. And then I watched it every week forever. And then I don't know, like around 13, 14, 15, because uh, I was having to DVR it every week back when we had DVRs. Yes. <laughs> I'm so excited for like in like 10 years even when someone listens to this episode and they're like, what the hell's a DVR? Like, we're the old people now. Like, I remember Blockbuster still. Like, isn't that wild? What is that? <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's crazy. But so I, I fell out of it because like the time slot changed or something yeah. on Cartoon Network and so the DV it like messed with the DVR and so there would be times where I'm like oh it's just is Adventure Time like why haven't there been episodes for so long and it would be like because it hadn't been recording and so I kind of like accidentally fell out of a lot of a lot of cartoons and stuff around then then I had my like you know very pretentious phase in like senior year of high school where I was like 17, 18 and I was like oh unless it has 40 layers of meaning and, <laughs> and the average audience member would fall asleep 10 minutes in and I won't watch it. And then luckily I've gotten past that. I feel like I can appreciate the full spectrum now. I don't know, I didn't feel super like, oh, that's for babies um, with a lot of stuff. But there, there was a little bit of that. Um, but yeah, I, I'm kind of like you where, I think I've told you this too, first week of freshman year of high school, or sorry, of, um, college that's what it's called the maybe not the first week like the third probably week of uh senior freshman year of college geez mouthful of marbles today um they aired the the finale of adventure time yeah and it was this weird thing where i was like oh my god this is this thing that to me has always like symbolized you know youth and like my childhood and like the fun and like you know, just the enthusiasm and like memories of that time. And then I'm like, really? The finale is going to air like my first year of college? Like you're really going to, it's going to be that symbolic where like my childhood ends like right now. 
And then it did, and I, I like, no joke, I cried, which it is hard to make me cry, you know, watching, watching like, shows or, or movies. But I fully, like, wept, and I was like, damn. And then I went back and, like, rewatched the whole series right after that and cried again when I got to the end. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I didn't have a ton of, like... I mean, there are shows that I've seen since, like watching PJ Masks with my little cousins, where I'm like, this is trash, like this is for babies. But a lot of that stuff, I mean, I feel like we really grew up in right, like the golden age of kids animation. We did. Because it is not like before that, you know, it was kind of just for kids. Like you look at like G.I. Joe and stuff like that, like in the 80s, you know. An adult like you couldn't watch that now and be like, "This rocks!" Like you're no. like, "Yeah, this is this is dated," and like, well, I don't know about now. I can't really speak to it, but uh, but we grew up when it was like for kids and it was aimed at kids. But clearly, the people making it were like, "Well, we want to have fun too," so like you can feel that. And like I can watch. I just watched an episode of Adventure Time like the other night, and I was like, "Man, this show's so good!" And like people still do that with SpongeBob. Like I know people who are still going back and watching like like I said like the hash slinging slasher episode and like so yeah I think that was part of the reason that I, I didn't feel super like oh this is just for kids is because I was watching a lot of stuff that had like a lot of crossover appeal I guess maybe is the word yeah uh, I remember around age 10 11 mm. and again maybe this is India not specifically America yeah. people were like you're too old for cartoons yeah that's so interesting yeah I was very lucky my parents have always been very because I the other thing is like probably I didn't tell a lot of people I was watching cartoons because I probably did have sort of that that feeling but I know for a fact like my parents the people who knew that like the stuff I watched were always very like yeah I'm glad you're enjoying it you know they wouldn't always sit and watch it with me because they were like this isn't for us but uh but yeah they were never like like you're too old for cartoons or anything like that my family was very liberal about that stuff but it was just yeah. the culture yeah I know you've told me before that like growing up in india whenever you know you said spongebob wasn't on cable a lot but when it was or or with other shows sometimes it would be censored like what was like what did that look like they used to show it uncensored until i would say 2008 because yeah. there was this anime called crayon chin chan mm -hmm. which is i think it was like family guy or big mouth but oh, they aired it they aired it on nickelodeon like that's the equivalent like airing yeah. big mouth on nickelodeon because it was a more mature program. Yeah. And parents lost their minds over it. Uh, yeah. And I, I mean, people lost their minds about SpongeBob because there were like hidden dirty jokes. So I, I can't imagine like, you know, non-hidden ones. Like that's wild. And so around 2008, there was like this hyper hyper backlash against any yeah. nudity or yeah. even women in bikinis weren't allowed to be shown in cartoons or anime anymore mm -hmm. in India because of that hyper backlash from 2008 from this adult anime yeah. that accidentally aired. That's, excuse me, that's so interesting that that one show like started that entire wave like that. Because you even told me once, right, that there was a show where like two characters kiss and it like cut around that whole scene, right? Yeah, Phineas and Ferb. Yeah. There was this scene in Summer Belongs to You, the episode where they travel to, I think, France. Yeah. And there was a scene where Jeremy and Candace kiss, but they cut that out because they're kissing and you can't show that. Yeah. Same thing happened with uh, Spider-Man 3 on 
cable where uh. there's a scene where Peter and MJ kiss and the symbiote lands on Peter's moped. Yeah, you t- yeah, you told me about they that. Cut, yeah, yeah. They cut that part out because Peter and MJ were kissing when an airline right. cable. And I was like, wait, where did the symbiote come from? Yeah. There was another Phineas and Ferb Christmas special. And on TV, they censored it to death because Candace said, I don't believe in Santa Claus. Right. Yeah, you told me about that. And so to find the original version, I had to hunt it down at the DVD store at the mall. Yeah. Just to see that plot line of Candace not believing in Santa Claus. Wow. Had you heard about that? Like, how did you know to look for the DVD to find the uncensored version? I think it was just that it was imported from the U.S. or somewhere. So if it was imported, then they're not going to like mm-hmm. censor it. Only when it's on broadcast, they're going to censor it. Yeah. But so what I'm saying is like you were aware that they were because I know like with the anime, you told me that like you had watched it and you saw in the intro a woman in a bikini, and then starting in like 2008, she was just cropped out of frame. So you were aware of that with something like Phineas and Ferb, where you hadn't seen the previous version before. How did you know, like, were you being told that it was being censored? Like, what was the... There were just a lot of awkward jump cuts. Yeah, that's wild. And I know we've talked about this, obviously, off of the podcast, but for the sake of the podcast, I'm curious, how did that, like, what did that feel like, being aware that this stuff was being censored? It just felt suffocating and Mm. a little insulting, to be honest with you. Yeah. Did it feel like you were being talked down to? Yes, exactly. I felt like I was being talked down to. Interesting. And so sometimes to find... The, the original version, I'd have to pirate it. And I don't encourage pirating at all, but I had to do that. Yeah. Not even to see kissing or women in bikinis, but just to see the original unfiltered version. Yeah, yeah, because they were cutting out crucial. Yes. Yeah. yeah, dude, that's wild. And yeah. I think I read somewhere, going back to SpongeBob, that there was an episode called The Executive Treatment where okay. Patrick is mistaken for like a very big businessman. Mm-hmm. And the episode had, I think, a blue eel in it because it's taking place underwater. Yeah. And the blue eel was considered too scary for kids to be banned that episode. Oh, oh, we talked about this, right? Because I was like, oh, did they ban the entirety of Courage the Cowardly Dog? Because every single episode of that show is the scariest thing I've ever seen. They aired it, but Dude. it didn't last very long. Yeah, no, I can't imagine. They should have banned it from Cartoon Network in, in the U.S., that show shouldn't exist. No, I'm joking, but it scared me as a little kid. It scared me too whenever yeah. I was able to watch it. Yeah, yeah. Have you seen that clip that's like supposed to be like the scariest clip from the show where it's like the, I don't even remember the context, but I think he like walks through a door and it's just like a black room and there's like a face. Yes. Yeah, and it, spe- <laughs> it, it speaks in this like soft Return the slab. Oh, yeah. Oh, dude, it makes me uncomfortable just thinking about it. Yeah. Why? 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 Why'd they do that? <laughs> Who was running that show? They want to traumatize young children. I think that's what it was. I think it was an explicit attack against the sanity of young children. <laughs> And so SpongeBob has gone on for 22 years. Yeah, dude, that's crazy. Wow. Do you feel like it should have ended in 2004 as the intention was? <laughs> you know, that's, I, I had an easier answer to that at the beginning of the, the episode. But since you told me that Hillenberg and other members of the creative team came back after, you said like season nine? Yeah. That now has like, that muddies the waters, I feel like. Because my thing is like, he was the original, you know, author of the work. He had a very specific creative vision that was very inventive and like a whole new thing. And he stepped down after the movie, which to me feels like a very 
you know, I'm sure he like, obviously he knew they were going to continue it on, but that to me feels like him saying to himself, like, okay, this is over now. You know what I mean? Doing three seasons and a movie and then stepping down. And the fact that, you know, other members of the team left, I know some people have told me like, yeah, the quote unquote real show is up until the first movie. And then after that, like you can disregard it. But, but yeah, it's interesting to me that, that there was that like second or the, you know, that third phase of it where they came back and it got better again. Cause it's like, yeah, I don't know. That's, that's, that's an interesting part of the story, but my gut reaction is, you know, coming from something like watching Avatar, it's like, it should end when it is supposed to end. You know what I mean? How, what about you? What do you think? It was inevitable because SpongeBob, I think yeah. it exploded beyond anything that yeah. people imagined. Totally. So it made sense to like keep it going. Yeah. And I've nothing against like, you know, people, new people coming in. I just want to reiterate true. that. Yeah, no, that's very true. And I, you know, it's the same with like the Simpsons, like new teams come on, and you know, they do their best and a lot of great work can come out of that. My thinking is just like, cause I don't believe in like the auteur theory or anything like that, but just specifically something like Hillenburg being such a crucial part and like the crucial voice of that show. And, and maybe I'm coming from like, cause we've talked about this too. I've heard that like, he wasn't into the idea of continuing it and, or like, I know he, or I've heard he said when he left, like, please don't do any like little kid, like kid SpongeBob spinoffs, which then they have done, you know, after he, after he passed away. And, and maybe those, that's just hearsay, you know, maybe that's not true. But just to me, I'm like, from the stories I've heard, uh, I'm like, I feel like he knew what he wanted to do. And then they, they kind of uh, beat a dead horse after he left. But you're totally right. Like, you know, like if if everyone's cool with it, keep it rocking, then yeah, there's no point in like stopping the train. Let some new voices in. Yeah, as long as you have stories to tell and you want to tell those stories, I don't have a problem with that. Totally. That's like the, to me, that's the cool thing about the new Star Wars stuff is the, you know, the opportunity for new voices to come in and play with such an iconic, you know, a world renowned or like a, a ubiquitous um, franchise. It's like cool to see, you know, like Marvel's doing that with like um, the, the uh, what's her name? The person who directed, um, the new Eternals movie that's coming out. Chloe Zhao. Yeah, you know, getting more talent that hasn't seen that type of exposure, like this huge blockbuster, you know, that, that haven't worked on like the huge blockbuster movie. Um, it's cool, it's very cool to see like those new people being brought to the table in these iconic franchises because it's a way to get everyone's eyes on them rather than just like a few people. Um, so yeah, I dig the... I dig the sentiment for sure. And if SpongeBob had ended in 2004, do you think he would have checked it out? That's a very good question. Cause like I said, a lot of the, you know, a lot of the memes, I feel like a lot of the quotes that I know were from those early episodes, even just the ones that I watched. Um, so I, I don't know, like after the movie, you know, like the, the age group that I'm in, that we're in, the jokes that are shared amongst our peers. Like, I don't know if, I don't know if it like stopping after that would have really affected it. Cause I, like I said, it just seems to me like most of the jokes come from the early stuff. So it's like, you know, maybe in their minds, the SpongeBob, like where all the memes come from is that those first three seasons, but I don't know, you know, cause like 
part of the reason I'm sure that it is still a household name is because it's continued this entire time. Yeah, because they're still doing episodes, right? They still are. Yeah, wild. It's crazy. It is. Yeah. What do you think? Do you think it would still be as big a thing? I don't think so. Yeah. Because a lot of SpongeBob's popularity comes from like online jokes, which yeah. weren't around back then. Totally true. Totally true. Yeah, that's a great point. I'm sure when those memes started, it was because it was only like, it wasn't just like people remembering SpongeBob. It was the fact that it was still an active current thing. That's a great point. Yeah. Wild. Yeah, that's interesting. Totally. Th that is interesting. Yeah. And so I think because it's ran for so long, mm -hmm. it's had like generations of audiences over a 20 plus year period. Totally. And I don't think I've ever seen anything like that. Like I can, I can't name many shows that appeal to so many generations. Yeah. Like my parents even watch SpongeBob in their really? free time. Dude, that's wild. When did that start? When they start watching it? When I started rewatching it as a teenager. Cool. And they like it. They like it. I think I was talking to my dad and it was like, yeah, I watch SpongeBob Dude, right now. Crazy. <laughs> excuse me that's wild yeah i know my parents would sit down excuse me sorry would sit down and watch um avatar the last airbender with me but there weren't many other shows that they would sit through so that's that's awesome that your parents would watch spongebob with you that's so cool my parents also saw drake and josh with me as yeah. a, and they, they liked that dude that's great that's so great and a little bit of like carly i mean i think i just Force them to watch like early yeah. victorious because that was what was on during the dinner table no, time. Oh, I got you. I got you. And now I'm like, oh god, this is not something I should watch with family. Oh, really? What's that? It's just cringy teen humor. Mm, I see. Yeah, I don't know about you. I was always worried about that. Like, even if I, you know, because once I got a phone and I had the internet, like I wasn't technically allowed to watch rated R movies until I was 17. Uh, I hope my parents don't listen to this, no, I'm <laughs> but I mean, statute of limitations, it's definitely like I'm, I'm in the clear, but, uh, I absolutely watched rated R movies oh, me too. on my phone. Yeah. Like as soon as I got it. Um, so at like 14, which, you know, isn't that much like still to me, that's like kind of ridiculous, but you know, whatever. Um, but so I, because of that, I had an inherent like urge to hide my phone whenever like people were around. But I think even if I was watching like something perfectly innocent, that I just had this weird feeling of like, you know, it's like people like when you're, when you're in a car ride, right. And someone's like, Oh, here, like you guys like pass around the, the ox court. Yeah. Everyone gets like nervous. Cause they're like, Oh, cause like music's such a personal thing. Yeah, like, I, just, I don't want you to judge me based on my music, which is why whenever I'm in the car, I go, I want to hear the weirdest thing you listen to. There's no judgment. I listen to really terrible music. I'm super curious to like hear what you listen to. Um, you know, I try to take the pressure off, but yeah, like, I kind of felt that even at the time where I was like, like nervous watching Adventure Time around them because I'm like, oh, what if they think this is like dumb or like for little kids? Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, isn't that why? Did you have that or no? I kind of had that. Um, I would watch SpongeBob in Secrets when yeah. I was when I was like 10, 11 again because there was that societal stigma that all yeah. cartoons are for kids. Yeah, like little little kids, and that's how it was in Indian television where a lot of TV shows were like super sanitary. Yeah. Like I, I know that uh, Family Guy is banned in India. Yeah, that does not surprise me given the other stuff you said. <laughs> Family Guy, I feel like would not make the list. Yeah. Family Guy is banned. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, wild. So I'm curious as we, you know, become older and we sort of become like the torchbearers of culture to sound pretentious, like I said, I am. Do you feel like the those stigmas have 
or are going away or like absolutely yeah do you do you feel like oh like we've gotten to that point now or do you feel like we will get to that point once like we're the ones having kids i would just draw this to the to the analogy of like superhero films for instance we yeah. 20 years ago, they were considered like kid stuff, but now wow. they're so mainstream that even adults proudly watch Marvel movies. It's totally kind of like that with animation with stuff like uh, Bojack Horseman, for instance. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Bojack Horseman, uh, Tuka and Birdie. Yeah. And of course, SpongeBob. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? I feel like anime too has helped with that a lot. Cause like, you know, I was at the movie theater yesterday. And I saw a poster for like the My Hero Academia movie. Yeah. And I know like Demon Slayer. Was it, is that the movie? Was it Demon Slayer that came out recently? I don't know. I think, I think that's what it was. Anime fans might have my ass, but, um, <laughs> or ha- might kill me. Sorry. It's boring. <laughs> You're fine. Um, but, uh, but, um, you know, that like that movie came out earlier this year and apparently like smashed box office records. Like it, it's the new biggest. I think it beats Spirited Away for the highest grossing wow. movie in Japan of all time. Not just animated movie, but like movie of all time. Um, and, you know, because a lot of anime is like that runs the whole gamut. Clearly the culture like with anime is completely different than it is here, where I feel like here it's four kids and then it's like either four-year-olds or 10-year-olds. You know, that's sort of like the, they're t- you know, it's like Sophia the First or PJ Masks, which is like for four-year-olds or the Lion Steins. And then there's stuff for a little older kids, which is like Adventure Time regular show. Uh, these days it's like Steven Universe. But then there's like a big gap. And then it's like Big Mouth, um, mm-hmm. Family Guy, uh, Tuka and Birdie, like you said, Bojack Horseman, where it's like fully for adults, like a lot of swearing, a lot of sex jokes, a lot of like, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but anime clearly is like, you know, there's tiny little baby anime and then a full spectrum leading up to like, you know, like Attack on Titan or like, I think Demon Slayer probably is like this or like Berserk. I know from what I know of Berserk, you know, it's like constant blood and like action and like, you know, swearing and like, yeah, it's crazy. Um, So yeah, it's as that obviously has like uh, filtered into the rest more, I feel like over like that shifting the way we view animation overall. Cause you know, five years ago, I knew two people who watched anime and they were like the people who watched anime, you know what I mean? Like that yeah. was like kind of a, a defining characteristic. Now, every person I meet is like, oh, have you seen Attack on Titan? Or like, oh, I'm watching, like my roommates just got me into this obscure anime. Like it's such a, it's so prevalent now. I feel like that's changing the animation culture a lot. I think it's also the internet. Totally, totally. As a kid, I did not have access to them. Yeah. Like I remember having to, again, I don't support pirating, but I had to pirate a lot of anime online. Yeah, yeah. And now SpongeBob is on, as of right now, at least it's on Amazon Prime. Uh-huh. The first three, four, five seasons are free yeah. if you have Prime. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. so I think it's just the internet is allowing people to like rediscover their childhoods. Absolutely. Yeah, it's cool to see how everything is kind of mixing and blending together because of the internet. And it's it's very, you know, like culturally or or scientifically or, you know, like the amount of knowledge being shared is like, it's just a huge, you know, explosion with the internet. Um, and so, yeah, it's totally cool to see that, you know, V have like a cool effect on, on media and how it's like, yeah, especially on animation. It's cool to see it. Like it's, there's less gatekeeping, you know what I mean? There's less gatekeeping. And yeah. I watched, I think more SpongeBob with the internet age Yeah, because I remember, I don't remember the exact time schedule, but back in India, 
there was like DVR didn't come to India until I believe 2009. Yeah, wild. And so if you wanted to watch like a Western show, you had to wake up like super early in the morning. Yeah, yeah. That's bonkers. I remember, I think it was one time in 2007, I woke up at 5.30 in the morning and I'm sorry, my parents, if you're listening, <laughs> I woke up at 5.30 in the morning to watch an episode of Codename Kids Next Door. Yeah, dude, that was my jam too. I don't remember it a ton these days. I, I don't know about you. I remember it also being scary. Maybe I was just a wuss when I was little, <laughs> but like, yeah, I feel like the, what was it? What was the villain's name? The guy who was the silhouette. I have not watched that show. Yeah. In 13 years. Gotcha. Oh, I think it was like father or something like that, but he, he would always freak me out. Teen Titans too. I remember Teen specifically Titans. there's this, I mean, incredible, obviously, but I remember too, there's this specific episode of Teen Titans where like the power goes out mm-hmm. and I think Slade is like hiding in the building and like talking to Robin and like, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. 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 Dude, that episode, oh, it like got under my skin. I remember being like super freaked watching it as a little kid. Yeah, and I also saw Trouble in Tokyo when it premiered on television. Dude, that's sick. I can't remember if I watched it when it premiered, but I know obviously I saw it. But yeah, dude, those are good times. Another one that is like appeals to older people too. That's so cool. Yeah, and so we briefly touched upon like the spinoffs. So I'm going to read you yeah. the ones that have been... Oh, I'm interested. Confirmed. Yeah, I don't know them all, so that'll be totally cool. Camp Coral right. will focus on a 10-year-old SpongeBob and his friends at the titular camp located in the kelp forest. Yeah. They will spend the summer catching jellyfish, building campfires, and swimming in lakes. It is tied to the animated film, the SpongeBob movie, Sponge on the Run, and apparently right. Sandy is with them as kids. Right. Even though she didn't meet them until much later. Yeah. And they try explaining it away, and Squidward's the camp supervisor, whatever mm, you call it. Yeah, like a counselor. Counselor. Yeah, yeah. What do you think about that? It's like just off the bat, a summer camp for a SpongeBob show. Um, I mean, you know, <laughs> I think it's all those like, because I think they did that with like DC characters too at one point. Cartoon Network did where it was like DC high school and it was like Batman and Superman going to high school together. And I, you know, it's like I get doing like a fun twist on the characters, like, you know, like you're talking about Sandy being with them even though like canonically she was supposed to have like moved to bikini bottom later um yeah i you know it's whatever i'm sure there will be redeemable elements of it my knee-jerk reaction just because i don't like you know little like not little kid shows meaning animation obviously based on what we're talking about but meaning like shows aimed primarily and solely at younger 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 kids um, with like little kid versions of characters from another thing. Yeah. It's just not my bag. I would say I'm not a fan. <laughs> that's, that's my assessment. All right. And this one just premiered back in July. So a couple of months ago, okay. The Patrick star show. Oh, I actually watched a video essay on this really enough. Cause I was very bored one day. Was it a wisecrack video? Uh, no, it actually was a video essay. Oh, I feel bad because I should credit the person. I think I also saw it. Yeah, where they were talking about like uh, comparing it to SpongeBob and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I wish I could. I wish I could credit the person. You're it fine. was very interesting. Um, but yeah, it was. It was. I think it was a video essay that I hadn't heard of before. Actually. Yeah. So Patrick Starr hosts his own talk show right. at his house with the support of his family, and right. they got rid of the parents from that episode. I'm I'm with stupid. Like they got, right, right, right. they got new parents. <laughs> yeah. I think here's where, I, here's where I'm coming from. I understand the urge to do more SpongeBob. It's similar to what we were talking about with Avatar, where it's like, now they're going to do a whole Avatar universe with like new shows set in the universe and like follow-ups to, um, 
like specific, like I think 3D animated follow-up movies to uh, the original show and like stuff like that. I like I understand that the idea is we need to make some screw of scratch. So we should like, you know, what's a proven entity? Like what's something that we know works? And they take a property that already made the money and they go, okay, well, let's expand on that because we know people like that, you know, so there's a demand for more. Um, but I feel like you run into the trap of, and I'm by no means the first person to say this, but you run into the trap of like a lot of that stuff ends up being kind of unoriginal or like uninspired. So I, you know, the Patrick Star show might be dope, but when I hear about it, I'm like, I don't know. He was built as like a specific character for SpongeBob. Like it's, it's the same with Camp Coral. It just sounds like I could see based on prior experience, like I could see it coming out kind of like flat soda compared to, um, you know, the original. What do you, what do you think? What do you think about both of those? I just don't think that comic reliefs make for good television a lot of the time. Mm, like as leads, they don't transition to leads. Yeah, because well. they're yeah. usually not that developed to carry their own yeah. show. Yeah. Like I'm thinking of that show, Joey, the spinoff of Friends, where right. yeah. it just didn't work. They had to change Joey's character into like a nerve wracking person mm, because yeah. he, the, the character Joey Tobiani can't carry his own show. He's a comic relief. Yeah, yeah. The only example right now that I can think of of a time that that worked is Frasier. Oh, yeah. Because he obviously was a, a very specific comic relief character off of Cheers. And then when they did Frasier, I think what it's it's interesting. Their approach was to heighten everyone else around him. Like you look at Niles uh, in Frasier, and I haven't watched it a ton, but I know a lot of people talk about Niles as he is to Frasier what Frasier was to the cast of Cheers, where he, like, Frasier is still, like, kind of neurotic and very, like, oh, I'm classy. But then Niles is, like, that turned up to 11. So it almost makes Frasier the straight man, which with Joey is hard because he he is not, like, a, he's not a more, he's a very bombastic character. You know, he's not, like, more muted like Frasier. Um, like, he is, his whole character is kind of being, like, the dummy. And so you're right, like having to turn him into like someone neurotic and stuff is like, you know, that's, it doesn't, it doesn't play. Usually not. I mean, the only one I can think of, like you mentioned, Frasier mm -hmm. and Better Call Saul. Oh yeah. Dude, I still need to watch it. I need to. Uh, Breaking Bad, I'm a massive Breaking Bad fan. I think I've told you, or I don't know if I have, I've told a lot of people, I uh, missed a whole week of classes <laughs> to watch Breaking Bad because I'd never seen it before. And then I started watching it like on a Saturday uh, in college. And then I just didn't really do anything else until I was done. I just was like so hungry for it. It's so good. But yeah, Better Call Saul. I know people really love it. I need to, I need I need to, to watch it. it, yeah. And we meant, we talked about Nickelodeon. Another one I can think of is uh, Sam and Cats. Yeah, that, and that one was good because I don't, I don't really know anything about it. No. No? Oh, bummer. It's because like Cat Valentine was like the airhead character. Yeah, yeah. Movie. It's similar to Joey. Yeah. Yeah. They took the doofus. <laughs> they took the doofus. <laughs> and tried to make them the leading person. Yeah, it's so interesting. And then the next one I want to talk about. For sure. Sandy Cheeks is getting her own spinoff film. Cool. I, that is, that, maybe because there's less information about it, that sounds to me like the coolest one so far. What, what do you think? I think it's really cool, too, because, yeah. I don't know, Sandy, like, where she comes from, like, her origins from Texas. Mm. Is, that, is that what it's going to be about? Have they said? I don't think they've confirmed that, gotcha. but... Yeah, there's so much to explore with Sandy's backstory because she comes from the land. <laughs> yeah, totally. And the other thing, too, is like in a very male-dominated show and a show aimed at young boys, 
she's a great character, you know, from what I know, but you know, just most of the other characters uh, are dudes. So that, I think that's rad. That's like the coolest of the, again, of the list that you read off that to me is like, Oh, there is actually room to expand there. Cause she like, even just from the few episodes I've seen, she is like very, she's wild. Like she's, she's got a lot of personality. So like, I could totally see that expanding into, and I feel like she would make a good lead. She would. Cause like Patrick is different because he's another doofus, like we were saying, but she's so capable and so like confident and all that stuff that I feel like, yeah, that, that could be cool. I'm, I'm interested. Yeah. I like that. I'm just wondering since you and Sandy are both from Texas, do you feel represented? <laughs> Do I feel represented by a squirrel underwater? Hmm. That's not, honestly though, that's not a bad question. Like being out here in LA, like, yeah, it's uh it's a different, it's not super different. I don't feel like I feel as, you know, out of my element as a squirrel would be underwater. But no, I think because I was born in California and then moved to Texas, I have never really felt like I'm the like, yeah, like she is. So it's a, it's a little different, but I can see, I can see where you'd get that. It's a good question. I remember that episode where they're like calling Texas stupid to offend her. Oh, no, yeah. I mean, they're not wrong. Like, have you seen all the stuff that's been going on there? Yeah. It feels like, it feels like we got out at the right time. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. I agree with the whole female protagonist thing because yeah. they recently did an episode where um, Sandy, Karen, the computer, and Mrs. Puff have like a girls' night out. Oh, cool! That's fun. And it was basically because they didn't because they wanted to focus more on the female characters. Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's great because I mean, well, for a million reasons. Like everyone knows the reasons. That's that's good for them. Yeah, that movie honestly sounds interesting. And having it as a movie, I like the idea that it's self-contained. I do like that. Yeah. And I was in the same boat where um, back in India, I didn't grow up with a ton of female protagonists in television. No. It was mostly dudes. Totally. Totally. Yeah. It's cool to see that it feels like, you know, from a very privileged white dude's perspective, it feels lately like that has been changing a lot, which is really wonderful. Like, I feel like I see a lot more, you know, strong female representation on on TV and in animation. especially like i'm trying to think oh no did i say that and then now i won't be able to think of an example moana moana obviously i think amphibia has a a female protagonist and there's one i think it's called last dragon something oh raya and the last dragon yeah yeah yeah. infinity train i think she i i think unless they're non-binary i'm not sure but but yeah we're obviously seeing a lot more representation these days it's wonderful to Ken Birdie. Yeah. Oh, and Cora. That's a Cora. Yeah. I'm an Avatar guy. I should know. I should have known that Cora should be the first thing that came out of my life. Yeah. And James Bond. Mm-hmm. I don't know. They, I don't know if they're gonna call her Jenny Bond or whatever, but female yeah. James Bond. That's what they're calling. I, yeah. I think what I've heard is the character that they're introducing in the new one is gonna be the new 007, but not call not name James Bond. So it's interesting. They're actually like it's almost like they're introducing a continuity where like she's going to take over the role of 007 and it's like going to be in the same universe as Daniel Craig's movies, mm-hmm. but she's going to be a different character. But it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's like Spider-Man and Miles Morales, basically. I think. Yeah. 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 Totally. Totally. Yeah. I'm excited. I, it, dude, I'm super excited for the new No Time to Die. I know we're talking about SpongeBob, but <laughs> No Time to Die looks good. And I, I hope they, cause I also heard recently like that the, the producers were talking about, James like recasting James Bond again and I was like oh but it, I thought 
I thought she was going to carry on the torch. So maybe what I had heard previously is wrong, but I hope that she, that they continue with her. Cause just from the trailer, like she seems cool. She does. And like we, there needs, dude, there should be blockbusters that have strong female leads. Like there yeah. should. Yeah. It's just, there's no question. And so I think we're approaching the end of the podcast here. And so I yeah. think we should end with like favorite SpongeBob episodes. Oh no. Let me hear. Uh, we'll, we'll pause for a minute and let me look up the list. I'll look it up to you on my phone. Sounds good. We've both decided on our favorite episodes after taking a brief hiatus. My, because Vidant is letting me cheat, my favorite is by far the movie, the first movie. Yes. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's just, I saw it in high school. It's definitely the thing I enjoy the most because like, I mean, I don't even know why. Maybe, I think maybe because I like watched it on the bus with a bunch of people. So they were like quoting it along with it. So I have that relationship with it. But yeah, there are just so many quotes and it's a blast. And that's my answer. Thank you for letting me cheat. <laughs> <laughs> I have mine listed down. Uh, yeah. Chocolate McNuts. Oh. That's the one where they're chocolate salesmen. That's the one with the, like, what are they selling? That's that one? Yeah. Dude, yeah. I, that's a very famous scene. I know that line. And yeah. Idiot Box, where they, like, get a box, and it's like, imagination. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that quote, too. I don't know any other quotes for that episode, <laughs> probably, but I know that quote. Yeah. Frank and Doodle with, like, that Doodle SpongeBob. Right, yeah. Doodle Minoy. Oh, yeah, Minoy. Dude, is it okay? That to me by far is the craziest thing about SpongeBob because I don't think there's any other property like that where not even just memes, because like I said, a lot of them are just like a still frame and then someone puts a weird caption. But the quotes, like Mihoi Minoi and like what are they selling and like the inner machinations of my mind and like uh like I'm a goofy goober and like it's like maybe the most quotable show I've ever heard. <laughs> I feel like people talk about Seinfeld as we've gotten older like that, but it's like no, it's SpongeBob. Really. Yeah, it's SpongeBob. Like by far. Can you think of another thing that's anywhere near as quotable as SpongeBob or as quoted? No. Yeah. Right. Dude, that's wild. Good for. The, I mean, good for them. That's that's a strong legacy. Maybe the Office is a second. Yeah, especially like as it got popular again. Yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> if that's what she said counts, that might tip out the Office over the edge. But the Office didn't invent. That's what she said, so I don't think it does count. <laughs> And uh, have you watched the Krusty Krab training video? Krusty Krab training video? What, describe it to me. It's the one where it's like an intro video to what the Krusty Krab is like. Like SpongeBob mm. plays this new employee. And there's a very famous line from it. It says, sounds like a lot of hoopla. No, I, I haven't seen that. Is that one of the episodes? Yeah. Got you. Cool, that's another one of your favorites. And then there's yeah. another one. This is like very, very new. Yeah. Uh, it's called Larry the Floor Manager, where cool. Larry is in charge of running the Krusty Krab. Yeah, and which, which one's Larry? I'm so sorry. The lobster. the lobster. The lobster who tries to impress Sandy. The, he's the buff, right? Yeah, the yeah, buff. Yeah, 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 yeah. Lobster. Yeah, no, I, okay, I'm, I, I got it, I got it, I got it. I, I know SpongeBob. <laughs> I'm not an imposter. <laughs> and there's another, like, it's not like a great episode, but there's this one called The Krusty Chronicle. That sounds familiar too. It's a newspaper, I assume. Yeah, it's one in which Mr. Crab starts his like fake news yeah. newspaper and like spreads lies about citizens to run. Oh, weird. To get money. That's fun. It's always after that money, that Mr. Krabs. If there's one thing I know about Mr. Krabs, it's that he likes that money. I think there's a dark joke in there that 
chum is made of fish and that's why the chum bucket shuts down yeah it's true yeah no it is that's so funny <laughs> isn't there also that like i don't know why this reminded me of it but isn't there that like isn't there a scene a famous scene where spongebob and patrick are outside a dumpster and they like read graffiti off yes of it i love censored. that episode yeah i think okay have you seen the like the the clip that has circulated where it's like the voice actor is uncensored is it do you know is it real i don't think it's real but okay. I, i've heard that they sent that they said the actual words and then they censored it and buried yeah. it deep into nickelodeon servers yeah they, yeah that's if that point. comes out they're going out of business <laughs> <laughs> no honestly that people would love that i think i think twitter would have a field day they'd be like ah we get to hear spongebob swearing that's awesome i think they'd love it <laughs> kind of like dexter's rude removal oh does it does he uh in one of the, like in Dexter's lab, right? Yeah. yeah. For many years, there was this episode mm-hmm. that wasn't circulating, which Dee Dee and Dexter like cuss and oh. they showed it uncensored at, I think, a Comic Con. Dude, that's awesome. And people loved it. Yeah. That's so fun for the fans. And I remember that episode. I don't remember the exact name off the top of my head where yeah. they like learned this cuss word, which is, it's very obvious what the word is. Yeah. And, what, is it? Just mouth it to me. Or the, what's the first letter? F. Okay, okay. It's the, it's the one. Gotcha, the gotcha, one, gotcha, the gotcha, big gotcha. one. The big one. Yeah, the big kahuna, I see. I did not understand that episode as a kid, but yeah. when you're an adult, you're like, I know what they're saying. Yeah. It's super funny. Yeah. Yeah. That reminds me of like when I first learned that word. I was like, what are you talking about? Like in like, what, second grade or something on the bus? They're like, dude, look what it says. Someone that like written it on the wall. I'm like, what? And they're like, that's a word. And I'm like, no, it's not. And they were like, yeah, it's a bad word. And they're like, say it, say it if you don't think it. And then I did. And then I think they were like, <laughs> you know, like in giggling in the seat. Yeah. I first learned that word in fourth grade. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. somebody wrote it somewhere in the classroom. Everyone's writing it. Everyone's writing that pesky little word. <laughs> I remember too, the first time I did the the middle finger, it was, or well, it wasn't like when I learned it, but it just speaking of people trying to trick me into like saying stuff like that. Someone told me that it was in elementary school. I remember we were lined up outside of class. We had just come back from recess and the person in front of me in line was like, dude, did you see that? Like our friend's dad came to the school to get our friend and like take him home. And I was like, Oh, did he? And he said, yeah, he like, and he started arguing with one of the teachers and he said, he flipped him the bird. And I was like, what's the bird? The like, bird. I was like, what are you talking about? Cause I just didn't know at the time. And, um, and I was, I was like, what are you talking about? The bird. And he's like, you know, like the bird, like the middle finger. And I was like, I was like, oh, you mean like you're saying like this? And I showed him like just asking to make sure we were on the same page. And he goes, he literally, his hand shot up immediately. And he, he called like called the teacher over. And he was like, he was like, Anthony just flipped me off. Anthony just flipped me the bird. And she goes, this is one of my favorite teacher moments of all time. Cause you know, like it feels like, oh, he's screwed. But she goes, no, he didn't you were just telling him a story and he was asking you a question. I literally heard everything you just said. And I was like, Hey, she totally had my back. She was like, she was like, you know, she was like, no, you, he didn't flip you off. He asked you a question. Like I'm not an idiot. And I was like, yeah, that's what's up. That's it's what's awesome. Up. Yeah. yeah. SpongeBob had a lot of dirty jokes. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons why people so enjoy it. It's like yeah. that little puzzle piece that connects you back to your childhood. And you're like, I get it now. Totally. Totally. Yeah. Like there's this very famous joke. I don't know if you've watched it. It was like a coin slot joke. Please forgive the kitchen noise. One of our housemates didn't know that we were recording. What? Yeah, what is the joke? I don't know. I'll just watch it. Oh, okay. <laughs> gotcha. But you will laugh. Oh, yeah. and of course, band geeks. 
band geeks. The one where they like perform at the Bubble Bowl and their sweet victory. Yeah, yeah. That was epic. Yeah, man. That was cool. Well, wait, no. I was about to say that was cool that they played it at the the Super, Super Bowl. Bowl right after uh, he passed away, but they only played that little clip, right? And then they played the actual thing. Oh, they did. I don't, I, I don't remember exactly, but they had to redo it because people were pissed. Yeah, because I remember it was like when he, I think it's like when he goes to start singing instead of him, his voice, it was like the sound of like the, the first note of the Travis Scott song. Travis Scott. And yeah, and then Travis Scott like flies in and lands and they just fully like railroaded, like got rid of the... That was the only reason why I watched the 2019 Super Bowl was for the Bubble Bowl performance. Yeah. Oh man, so you're very disappointed. Yeah, I was just sure. I've only seen in the 2015 and 2019 one. Yeah, yeah. And so I think we're at the end of the podcast here. Anthony, thank yes, you so sir. much for being here. Dude, thank you so much for having me. This was a blast. I uh, I hope our tangents weren't too too wild. Hopefully I hope, not. Yeah, I hope it was uh, it was all part of it. Hopefully not too many kids were listening. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I only swore twice that I know of, unless I didn't notice, but unless other stuff slipped out. This should be good friendly. I don't know. You'll, you'll do your magic. I will. <laughs> All right. Anthony, thank you so much. Thank you.